It's a Hive Live edition of Locked On Hornets with David Walker. Today, we talk about how long the Charlotte Hornets window can stay open to capitalize on some of the young talent they have. Then we'll look at some potential trade targets throughout the league at the center spot. And we talk about some shoes with David Walker. That's all today on Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> That's going to be my bad. I we just le- nail it again. No, I left you up there a little long. I apologize. I was uh, yeah. trying to, trying to like, I'm trying to chat with everyone on YouTube or live on YouTube right now. The people expect the chat. They expect action in the chat. I wanted to jump in there early, get the people going. And I left you up on camera awkwardly too long, but you handled it like a pro. You're listen, you're a pro yeah. and you handled it like a pro and I appreciate it. I want to get back to this in a second. It's locked on Hornets. We're part of the lockdown yeah, podcast network. It's your team every day. Thank you, Eric Collins. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms. Check us out on YouTube as well. Follow us on Twitter, Walker Mail, Doug Branson, LOH, David B. Walker, and Locked On Hornets. David, can you be witness to this at least? I feel like Doug has been on one this morning. He's in a good mood. He's just really hard to rope in, right? Like, I feel like I'm the border collie. Doug is the sheep, and I'm having a hell of a time trying to reel You're definitely the sheep. Let me tell you that. I'm the one that's – I'm the free – I am the free thinker on the show. I am seeing all four dimensions of this coaching situation, this GM situation, this player situation. You are the sheep. Okay. I know what this is, Walker. I can tell you what this is. This is a sure sign that that, that baby life has kicked in. <laughs> I'm a baby. Over there. <laughs> There's been lack of sleep. This is a, this is coming off a, a, a night of maybe some maybe some up and down. Maybe maybe putting somebody to bed. This is he's still jazzed. Right after we finish, there'll be a complete collapse, yep, which stress. maybe we'll stay on and see. Totally true. Okay. That's all going on. All right. So thank you. I just wanted to let everybody know, Doug said, are you ready? You ready to go? Yep, I'm ready. And then he left me up on the camera. Are those YouTube comments good enough for us to lead off with them? Or do you want to save them for the end of the segment? Uh, we got uh, Tyler in the chat saying, great hat, David. Oh, It's thanks, a Tom. great hat. Same thing I said. First thing you popped up. Great hat. David Walker likes basketball today. He's Love got his basketball. Larry Bird three-point day, shooting contest uh, yeah, hold shirt on. on. Wait, let's get a uh, camera two. Go in tight. Here we go. Boop. Oh, look at that shirt. That That's is beautiful. a phenomenal shirt. That's the so not only right does there, he have a, a sweet you heels hat, not only does he... Yeah. No, there we go. I'm, <laughs> we're transitioning. I do. Let me explain, because this has happened a couple of shows in a row now. And I don't know if anyone's interested in this, but I'm doing this entire show on OBS. Uh, it's a free broadcasting software. And I have sure. it such that when the intro ends, it comes straight out to us without me having to do anything. It comes out to this little three-box look that you've come to know and love. And I always forget to change it back to the regular three box without the intro. And so then when we end up going like I just did full to David, when I come back, I hit the intro accidentally again. So I don't know if anyone was interested in that, but that's why it's happening. I'm working on it. This is all a work in progress. You are you you get to be on the ground floor, YouTubers. You get to see us figure this thing out in real time. 
Inside Doug, baseball. <laughs> Tyler yeah. says, Doug, Doug has, get it together, please. I'm trying. What is it? What is the? What did uh, uh, CJ McCollum say? I'm trying, Jennifer. I'm trying, yeah, Tyler. I'm trying. He has he has a child, Jennifer. Yeah, that's, I have a baby. That's, that's, that's right. Right. That's right. what it is. And if in case you missed it, David also has an I'm back Michael Jordan press release mug. But we're going to move on from all this. David Walker likes basketball. He likes it enough <laughs> to talk about some of his takeaways from exit interviews. It's the last takeaway segment we're going to have before we dive into some player capsules next week, I believe believe we'll talk about Lamelo, James Brago. We'll have some of that audio and break it down even more so as the offseason comes about. But David, just what were some of the things that you noticed from the final comments from the Charlotte Hornets players as the season ended? Yeah, guys, it's been a while since we last has linked up, right? Like we were actually playing basketball the last time we talked. So a lot of the changes, but, uh, and you guys have hit on all the great stuff that came out of those exit interviews, which can be, you know, hit or miss, uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed them this year for one, uh, the camaraderie like is still shining through on, on this group. I feel like that core of, of, of Terry and Lamelo and miles and really everybody. I mean, they got along great. They just didn't always, you know, win enough games. Uh, so they'll have to work on that part of things. They will. Uh, but I also loved Lamelo. Like I, I, I really hope going into next year, he brings out a little more, you know, of them, of himself. I think back to that slam interview, you know, and some of the interviews we've seen in print of him, uh, have been a lot more forthcoming than, than some of the on-camera stuff. Um, and, and, you know, those in-game interviews are what they are, but like, he, he just, he just seems like he's, he's really coming into his own, which I think is good uh, for him and the team. But like, he's talking about changes in his Jersey back to one. It's kind of joking that I'll never wear two again. Uh, I can't believe he, we haven't heard about this before, but I'm just excited for him to kind of come into his home and really, you know, let more of his personality <laughs> come through in some of those post-game interviews and on-camera stuff. He really cares about that, that jersey. That's a, and, oh, and man. We, we, we did hear it one other time, I think, at the beginning of the season, and that's when the Hornets told us exactly why he wasn't able to go back to one. It's because of all the merchandise that the NBA was selling there wasn't a timetable to where mm. he could get like Malik Monk was one before they let him go. There wasn't enough time as soon as Malik leaves for LaMelo to put in a request and all of that be fulfilled. Mm. And if that were to be the case, tape. then, you know, so now this is the year that LaMelo is going to go to one. He said it like, this is the year. So that's right. A lot you just, you just said, so I told you, you just said, hold on. You just said back at one, which just gave me some like Brian McKnight. I'm in middle school. There's Ooh. six inches dancing going on. Talk Ooh. about babies. Um, uh, I, which is really good because, you know, I told my son, Hey, we didn't get that number two LaMelo Jersey, but don't worry. That thing's already, it's over. It's done. It's already, that's retro. a good question. I, I was talking now about you got to buy on, a new LaMelo Jersey. Well, that's the thing. Does the number two LaMelo Jersey, which one would hipster. you rather have the it'll one that hipster. he wants, or do you want the OG? Well, you, I mean, it'll be, LeBron, it'll be a cool, right? he's changed his number every three years. Yeah. It'll be a cool, like hipster thing to have, because I don't think that LaMelo will be like that. I think he, he does have such a no, passion. He's going to want. Yeah. He has that oh, yeah. passion for that number. Obviously. I mean, he says it's affecting him. <laughs> he didn't say it's one affecting one, him guys. psychologically, but you could, you could uh, infer that, that he said he, he didn't feel like himself out on the floor without the number one. So it'll be a cool hipstery thing to have, but LaMelo is going to achieve his full lamelloness and his superstardom yeah. in the number one. That will be the number that will always be associated with him. It'll be like having a 40, what was a 45 Jordan Jersey? You know, it'll be like, right, that. right. 
kind of yeah, hipstery, yeah, I, but not I, really worth anything. I dig the number two jersey for Lamelo just because it's going to have have happened for two years. That's it. Especially if you go way throwback, like if we're 15 years out from now, we look back at the Mint City number two Lamelo jersey. That's going to be a sweet one to have in the closet in the arsenal. Yeah. That's going to be a great one, especially the, maybe, even like the throwback gradient. Even if you don't like the gradient. I'm a huge fan of the rare, like old school. I, just, I can't. Yeah, I missed. City, I, I can't believe I missed out on Lamelo's uh, Queen City shoe. God, missed it. Oh, uh, I know. Did well, you miss it too, David? Because you were talking about getting. Uh, it. I missed it too. The Puma site. We need to have a full blown breakaway pod <laughs> to talk about how horrible that Puma site is. It's a bad site. Uh, but 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 keep this in mind, guys. He will now be wearing or have worn probably the two most iconic numbers. In Hornets history, mm-hmm. Larry Johnson, yeah, and Muggsy Bugs and Kemba wore one uh, for a little bit, I believe. How about the guy that's hanging so, on my wall, B. Diddy? Right. I mean, yeah, look at that. Right. So you talk about your number ones. I mean, he's he's moving up there, uh, up the ranks. The only the only number more iconic, the twenty four of Jamal Mashburn, which is also and that's the only one. <laughs> yep, the fifteenth rated Charlotte Hornet of all time. And Doug wanted to low key strangle me for that listing. I don't even know which one it was. Um, and also, like as we talk about. The number one being worn by the best players in Charlotte Hornets history, Baron Davis, Muggsy Bogues, the novelty of him being five, three, but also good at basketball. Like LaMelo is the guy that is going to have the best chance. As long as he stays here, he's going to have the best chance to have that Jersey number retired. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, this is, we haven't had anybody else that way. Longevity has always been, the biggest part when talking about some of the best players to ever come through this franchise, right? Like if Larry stays here longer, you're probably seeing number two retired. At least it's close, you know, same with Zoe, but he leaves after we've done this a lot. LaMelo is that guy that is going to have the best shot. And it's probably going to be number one, considering his entire career outlook at the end of all of this. He's, he's disgusted by the number two. I'm surprised he he could play at all, uh, much less at an (laughs) all-star level, the way he was talking about in the exit interview. I didn't realize there was such contempt for that number, but my goodness. Yeah. He's, he's done with it. It's over. You talk about him being open about that idea or just engaging with the media. That's that was the topic he was most engaging. Like even at the beginning, (laughs) it might've been media day to lead us off this year where he was sharing the same kind of thought. He's like, we're trying every day, man. We are trying to get that number Uh, one. I don't think we're going to be able to do it. Eventually they weren't, but that next year they are. He's like, as far as I know, as far as I know, they're going to be able to get number one. Listen, bottom line, number one, number two, I just hope he hit threes. And can we get him a five? uh, Can we get him a five? That's all I want. Can we get him a five? One, two, I don't care. Get him a five. Let's talk trade targets about how to get him that five coming up in the next segment. Kind of little wonky, a little wonky. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Do you want to go with some YouTube? Yeah, we'll go some YouTube comments coming up in the next segment as well. Plenty to get to, but not before we talk about true build, you know why free trials renew without your consent. It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill and your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams, subscription scams anymore. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It's hard to say. Subscriptions. Go right now. 
truebill.com slash locked on NBA. This is the call to action, Doug. I need to get this right. Sorry. Go right now. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Also want to discuss built bar with you because a lot of people have given up on new year's resolutions, especially when it comes to staying fit, but you don't have to, when you go to built.com, it allows you to stay fit because it's kind of like eating a candy bar, but they're high in protein. They're high in fiber. They're low in calories. They're low in sugar. They're covered in a hundred percent real chocolate and they're good for you. Go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. Let's look at some potential trade targets at the center spot throughout the NBA and go back to some of your comments coming up next on the locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. 10, Al Jefferson. 9, Anthony Mason. 8, Gerald Wallach. 7, Baron Davis. 6, Del Curry. 5, Glenn Rice. 4, Muggsy Bogues. 3, Larry Johnson. 2, Alonzo Mourning. Number 1, top Charlotte Hornet of all time, Kimba Walker. Thank you, everybody. The list is done. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, let's go to some of those YouTube comments, Doug. You feel like scrolling a little bit? I mean, listen, people want to talk draft. They want to talk trade. Um, and, okay. and a lot of people suggesting what we're, we're going to talk about in this segment, which is, you know, what are, what are some players that could be available because of these NBA playoffs? Because a lot of teams are frustrated right now, these <laughs> NBA playoffs. And some of these Everyone teams, is. especially out west, are seeming like they're coming apart. Uh, Minnesota, Utah. So a lot of talk in the chat about Cat. Should the Hornets trade for Cat based on what you've seen in these Whoa. past couple of games? You know, 13-15 Hayward Oubre book night for Cat is what Blake Blake suggests. So thoughts, we'll, let's start there. Let's, thoughts on what's going on with Carl Anthony Towns right now in Minnesota. That series uh, does not appear to be going well for them after they blew a 26-point lead in the late stages of that game to go down 2-1 in that series. What do we think, Cat in Charlotte? Well, I, I didn't I didn't hear the details of the trade package, but I feel like Cat is probably the least gettable young guy in the game. <clears throat> right? I mean, who, yeah. who is who is less gettable at the center spot that young in the NBA? I I can't I mean DeAndre Ayton is on the list of guys that we're gonna discuss because yeah, DeAndre no. wanted an extension. We know the Suns didn't give it to him at the beginning of this season. So we're going to have to figure out like exactly what they're going to do in the future. There is a path to get DeAndre Ayton. I don't see any path to get Carl Anthony Towns, really. I mean, you, no, no. I, I don't see any. Do you although, although if you're going to do it, uh, this morning would have been the, the perfect time to do it because that was an <laughs> yeah. epic collapse like I've never seen last night. But no, I mean, he's a couple of years removed What from being – the, uh, the 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 guy most GMs would want to build around, right? Uh, so they're not they're not moving cat. They're not doing anything with them. Well, and this is peak 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 in the moment. Oh, let's yeah. see where cat could get traded to because game one they win. Like we're we're two games now, and this is the best. The Timberwolves don't make the playoffs. The last time they made it, it was like a a win and in scenario before the play in tournament against the Denver nuggets a few years back. And now they're in the seven seed. They just acted like they won the championship when they got the seven seed. And that was great. They're not going to trade the guy that is largely responsible for their good enough regular season to get them there. So, so I, ag I agree that Minnesota 
is not going to be apt to trade um, to trade Cat. My my contention would be that Cat is not going to necessarily be apt to want to stay in Minnesota because I think you know it only takes four shots, and I know there was some foul trouble in that game, but there seems to be a real issue integrating him with Anthony Edwards' game. And, and I think mm. you know I think Anthony Edwards is going to end up being the guy on that team. And I think Carl Anthony Towns would be much more comfortable playing with the style of LaMelo Ball than he would <laughs> be playing you're with trying to speak this into a, You're yeah, trying to speak this into existence. I like so. that. Yeah, I but like I was thinking that last night. There's no way he takes four shots if he's playing with LaMelo. Like, that just that that, that does not no happen, even way. though LaMelo likes to score. But, I mean, do you really want to put all your chips uh, or all your eggs in the basket of a Kentucky guy, guys? I mean, I just <laughs> – Michael I might. I don't MJ know. might want to do that. He, he might have been, been right? time to do that. Um, yeah. I think there's a yeah, lot – I comment? think there's a lot okay. more to Cat – that hasn't been explored because he's been stuck in, in in Minnesota. And he's in a situation right now, again, with two guards that, that need to be ball dominant in D'Angelo Russell and um and Anthony Edwards. So um I, I think it's it's not probable, but it's not impossible. Man. I, now, like the the only way I see that happening is if Cat gets angry next year, which the NBA can change at you know at the snap of a finger. I get it, but right now, I just think this is way too. The sky is falling. They won game one against a, a seed that's the two seed. Like it, this is things can change in a moment, a, Walker. Yeah. That's the NBA play. I'm jealous, by the way. That's my no, take on right. the NBA playoffs. I've been watching these playoffs. I'm jealous. This is what makes me so upset about the talk about like, oh, well, the Hornets have won ten more games two seasons in a row, and all oh, the East is bad. Blah blah blah. True, Don't care because the playoffs <laughs> is the goal. I'm not somebody that is like championship only. Show me the rings. It's the only thing that matters for a franchise, or it's the only thing matter that matters to fans in order that you know for them to be happy. I'm not that guy, but the playoffs are a good barometer of how happy I am For sure. as a fan. And you got to be at the dance. And, you know, the Hornets weren't at the dance and they need to reckon with that instead of trying to, you know, g- give excuses about why they're not at the dance. Well, yeah. And when we talk about this stuff, it's why context is needed for the last two years. The, the, the James Borrego criticism that comes in where he's been here four years and they haven't done anything. Like it misses the context that they get rid of Kimball Walker. They have Devonte Graham and Jalen McDaniels as second round picks playing as rookies and second year players and Dwayne Bacon, who completely forgets how to offensive basketball. Like look, James Borrego, no coach is winning games with the second year with, with the team that he had in his second year. If you want to criticize him for this year, go ahead. Like there are some legitimate gripes with the way that he's handled some things for sure. The rotation, the moments and when, when to play your star, you know, some of the defensive, the, the identity that you need to stick with this defensive game plan with, you know, maybe not adjusting as much as you want. Like that's fine. But to your point, Doug, this is all to back you up and saying, yeah, we're not saying get to the championship or James Brago needs to be fired, get to the playoffs. <laughs> now, like now it's time. Like now it's kind yeah. of time where we start to try to get to the postseason. The last two years, cool, right? You're trying to build. You didn't have LaMelo. This is LaMelo's second year. Cool. But now like that, I yeah, completely agree with you. It's not it's you, not this crazy thing to ask for a postseason appearance. Yeah, but you do forget they did win those 43 games. I mean, when you look at that number, it matters because to the East was so good this year. It's such a Hornets thing to have that improvement and have 43 wins. And any other year, they would have been in, 
right? They would have not been in the play and they would have been in the playoffs. So Doug, you can't tell me there's not a little piece of you that was watching that last night and watching that Timberwolves collapse and was glad that was not the Hornets. No, I, I would have enjoyed, I, you know, no, it's, you know, no, it's no, funny. No, no listen, no, listen, no. this is what I did. Um, not last night, but a few nights ago, I was watching the playoffs. I went back through my phone. I did this number here and just scroll, 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 sure. scroll, scroll, scroll. And, and had this screening. I, screening. I, like I, my wrist was hurting because I was scrolling so much to get back to 2016 and get in my phone to see where, you know, where I was and what pictures I took and video I took of the playoffs and the atmosphere, even in Charlotte, a, a, a city that is trying to regain that love that they once had for their professional basketball organization within the city. Even that environment was so amazing. It was so nuts. And they came so close. And um, I, you know, I, I think, uh, I think they would, uh, or I would be excited even if they were to have gotten, you know, 4-0 exited by Miami or whatever. I think it would have been a great step yes. for that, for those young players to experience what that is and for the city to get that taste of playoff basketball yeah, or and you know what like it it's probably a better taste to not just get embarrassed again you know against the hawks like where where that's an embarrassing 40 is right. like well you know that's where they are as a franchise and they, yeah, they've got to figure right. it out but but an embarrassment is what happened in that play-in game and I think that's the biggest thing that's tough, you know, the, the fact that it happened again. All right. And, yeah, and, the, and the play in. All Go right. ahead. You got so any Utah, Utah Jazz. Let's talk about the Jazz because the comments are blowing up right now asking about Rudy Gobert. Do we do we want Rudy Gobert? Is Rudy Gobert the answer? Is Utah about to implode? Are they about to send everyone away? Um, Rudy Gobert, thoughts? Um, that is a Gobert of a contract to take on. Wow. Huh? Yeah. Anyways, Rudy Gobert being like paid forty on, million dollars a year. Forty million dollars is a lot. At the same time, I got this tweet in from Ethan, the Grindhawk, one of the better handles on Twitter out there. He asked me about potentially trading Gordon Hayward, James Booknight, Kai Jones, thirteen and fifteen for Gobert, and that's so the, the right the idea. The entire the entire future. The, Everything. Well, yeah. If if you view book Kai thirteen and fifteen as the entire future, that's it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of oh, yeah, future. That's well, I don't know about you, Doug. I think Lamelo's the future. Like, are you saying you don't think Lamelo's <laughs> the future? Just telling you. Um, with those guys though, that's the right idea. Getting rid of a ton of assets. Mm -hmm. I still don't know if if it's worth it for Charlotte to get a guy that's over thirty. I think he's over thirties. He's approaching it. And I'll look it up. And also making a ton of money for the next four years. Is it better to just go ahead and stick with like your draft pick and going at that again, or looking for a different type of target? I, you know, it, it's enticing, right? The guy is an amazing rim defender. He's, he's maybe the best of all time. He's certainly one of the best of all time, you know, guarding the rim, but at, at that price point, at that age, I don't know if I, that's something I want to pursue more than other potential trade targets. Yeah, we always talk about this with the Hornets, right, guys? Because to get a, a player of that caliber or, or that stature, they almost have to do something crazy, which is overpay or overcommit either on years or money, right, to bring them in here. I and mean, they're likely not going to get a free agent like that to sign. They'll have to do it via, um, you know, a trade or something like that. But, I mean, what we're seeing with the Jazz is that's not enough. The end-all, be-all, he's not a band-aid you can slap on a team and automatically become a good defensive unit, right? I mean, yeah. the guys on the perimeter for Utah are well, they've given not up. playing defense. They are not doing anything. Donovan Mitchell is not even getting close Olay. to his guys on the perimeter. 
Um, I mean, it reminded me of watching some of the Hornets defensive efforts. I, I, I think the Hornets have a, a bit more want to, I think, I mean, it was pretty bad on defense, of course, but there's gotta be an overall mindset change. And maybe that does come right with a guy who's behind them. Maybe that does come with a defensive force like Rudy Gobert. Uh, that would just, you know, rise the collective defensive effort, but it's gotta be, it's gotta be across the board. So he's not going to solve everything, but my gosh, Walker, you're right. It's like, where do they go? I mean, how do they find that? Uh, Do you want to leverage the whole future? The Hornets don't need someone to solve everything. The Hornets need someone that can solve the one thing that was making their team a disaster on defense. Like Rudy Gobert, by the way, age 29 and 300 days. So you are very, very Mm. close uh, nickname. I'm looking at his uh, basketball reference page. His nicknames the are Stifle the Stifle Tower. Tower. Anyone, anyone, anyone have any other uh, guesses as to there's one, two, three, four nicknames? You've got the Stifle Tower. That's the only one I had for you. The French, the French Rejection. Oh, oh, close. God, the French close. Rejection, which is a play on the French Connection. Uh-huh, the uh-huh. Gobert Report. I don't know. The, the Colbert Go- Report. Colbert. Colbert. Oh, I see. That's a, that's a weird one. <laughs> Gobzilla guys, that's is the fourth one. Oh, just so <laughs> isn't that what isn't that what Utah is finding out though, now though Walker like they've could they committed right that big money to him to build around him and and teams can scheme and working. in the playoffs teams can especially if you're if you have some other weaknesses teams can scheme such that you have to consider taking Gobert out of the game. But here's the thing. I would love for the Hornets to even be in a position where a team in the playoffs could scheme against them. <laughs> like, sure. I would like them to win 50-plus games and, and be the 3-4 seed. I will take that if it means they have to figure some stuff out. Well, and if, you, if you retain PJ, you've got a piece there that you can you know deal with. Right. And so that's the thing, though. When you match Miles Bridges, when you're going to have to pay LaMelo, and then Rudy Gobert, by the way, next year is going to be making $38 million. He's got a player option in 2025-26 at 46. I'd rather pay him 38. I'd rather pay him 38 than Gordon Hayward one more cent. I mean, wow. Nah. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's a lot. No, I'm with you. Like I don't I, this is that's not a bold take. Hayward. What that well, Rudy Gobert 46 million. I mean, that's 16 million more than Gordon Hayward. I mean, and and that's that's like beyond. Hey, you, you gotta know, so you gotta, you gotta spend option. money. Hey, you gotta spend money to get in the playoffs. I'm sorry, like no, I, I'm I'm good with this team. No. I'm good with this team going all out to get Lamelo Ball into the playoffs and give him the tools that's necessary. I don't care. It's not my money. And you think Rudy's that guy? I guess is the point. No, I think Rudy's a guy. I think it could be one option. The, you can't say that's not my money though. Like that's that's not that's not the point. It's because I don't care how Michael Jordan spends his money. You know, it's my, it's off, my point. Might endeavors, not be whatever. the point, but it's my no, point. No, no, you have to care because it affects the players that you want to get. Like it's there's a salary cap, and that's why the all player that I want to get is Rudy Gobert. It doesn't affect that. It's like it's not my money. Like yeah, then you can't then you can't get your PJ that you wanted, right? Like that's Justin's so, with me on the chat. I got Justin. Me and Justin, we know what the deal is. It's not Justin's money either, is what you're saying. That's right. Justin says I don't I don't have to pay them bills. You know what is my money? You know what is my money? Every time I go to the game, that's my money. And I would like to see Mm -hmm. them, 
you know, win 50 games and get into the playoffs and be a three or four. And Rudy does that. No, I get, that's a legit question. Yeah. Does Rudy? I think that? so. I think absolutely. Okay. Easily. Yeah. I mean, a couple more wins here or there, right guys, they, they lock it up a couple more rebounds here or there. You know what I mean? And anytime you talk about bringing someone to this team and playing with LaMelo, I do start to imagine just what kind of bump that offensive game could take just by being on the floor with LaMelo, you know, there's going to be lobs. There's going to be dishes. There's going to be easy buckets that Gobert's not getting right now in Utah, I think, that he would obviously get here with the likes of LaMelo and the rest of the team that kind of likes to move it around, now, too. Now, here's what I would here's what I'd want to do. I'd want to trade Rudy and Terry, or excuse me, Gordon and Terry. Okay. I would do that right now. Like, get yeah, let's go, let's go Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, the future, However you do that, we'll take on however that money would match up. I think you'd probably need like 15 million coming back, something like that. Hell yeah. Like now let's, now we're talking, <laughs> you take yeah. Terry Rozier, you okay. take Gordon Hayward, you take some future ass, uh, assets. We'll get Rudy Gobert back. We'll take whatever. Like now I think that's awesome. Now you have a little money to play with kind of, I mean, not, not as much, but at least you're, you're getting off of some of those other contracts. Are we, are say. we? Yeah, are we sure that Mark Williams can't give you Go Bear Light? And that's vibes what, that's a 15? good point. I like Mark Williams, man. That's I like him. Four point three blocks to, per game, and that's so just I, I saw overwhelming number. I know it's college. I, I, well, I get it. Well, here's something else. I don't and know if can you can shoot free throws, although didn't thankfully in the game that I saw him play. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. That's something they got to look at. David, I know. I don't know if you saw the Mike Schmitz uh, clip where he was talking about Chet Holmgren, but Chet Holmgren, I think he hit a, a fadeaway against Mark Williams, and Mike Schmitz was mentioning Mark as having a nine-eight standing reach, and the player he compared Mark Williams to, um, what or uh, yeah, Mark Williams to was Rudy Gobert. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's the kind of stand that's that's an insane standing reach. You are almost dunking without having to jump. That's taco fall type stuff. So it's, yeah, that's it's such an interesting point because the Hornets are going to have so many options between the players that are perfectly falling to their range in the draft to the players that may be available from frustrated playoff teams to players that could be available to teams that are going to blow it up because they didn't make the playoffs. Although, although I'll say, I know we got to go to this third segment and I got to sim some draft lottery, but I got to say yeah, this, baby. I got to say this. it's official. I'm out on miles Turner. I can't take another injury risk. I can't. I can't. After what we've gone through with Gordon Hayward, I just simply, I cannot. Even for Gordon, they gotta get, I mean, you you wouldn't trade Gordon Hayward no, for him. I mean, it, there's got to be another way. There's got if we got to get trade Gordon for him. Uh, it's got to yeah, be another I way. I can't. I yeah, can't because if they trade Gordon for him and then he misses significant time, then I'm just gonna feel. That's when the hopelessness is gonna start to set in. <laughs> It's that that's the one too. Like if Indiana, you know, that's that's the one that makes some sense. It's the fact why that hasn't Indiana, he been traded? Why I, has why is he still there? I don't know. I, I don't, that's the thing that does the head scratcher. Like if it's so attractive, if such a yeah. big piece, they want to move him. They want to get him out. They're clearly rebuilding. Nobody, hey, nobody injury risk to. for injury risk. We'll take on Miles Turner. That I that's what I want to do. That I would I would love for for that to take place if that had a chance of actually happening. All right, let's talk about Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent ah, coming up. I didn't do the coming up graphic. Well, yeah, I'm listen, oh, let's do it. Let's do it. There's always All chances right. for okay. for second chances. Well, All right, let's reset. <laughs> coming up. Podcast. Oh, we got to work. I know we got to work that out. I'm so sorry. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass coming up. Oh my God. 
Coming up, we're going to talk about some of the other YouTube comments rolling in. Also, the shoe game. I found some Jordan 3s. I couldn't get them. David Walker's going to help me a little bit more. Hopefully, I can get those at some point. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair they'll send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened give them a try and if you don't love them you'll pay nothing it's as simple as that plus 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in america when you shop with shady rays exclusively for our listeners head to shadyrays.com and use code locked on to get 50 percent off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses that's code locked on for their best deal of the season 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. Let's finish up some of the trade talk. Let's do a sim lottery with Doug, and we'll try to break all that down. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. So if you don't believe in the moon landing, mm-hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise it's rather really than counterclockwise. Tough. I've tried it. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We're back in the Locked on Hornets podcast. David had some work emergency to roll with, so it's going to to be me and Doug kind of taking you home with the last I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna come. Lockdown Hornets podcast. You can keep talking. I'm going to come back to me until I can get this uh, camera situation figured out. Uh, we are rolling <laughs> along okay. here. Here we go. All right. Now we're back. Hey, you know what? At least the graphic, at least the intro didn't play as you were exiting. Like That's, that's progress. Yeah, you got to take know those wins been, where you can. I know that's been struggling. Did I give you enough time to bring up the newest sim that you wanted to do? Yeah. Or do you still need some more time to do that? I'm working on it. You're close. You're scrolling. That's fine. It is interesting, though, because we have been getting the 13th and the 15th pick constantly. It's been every single time. It's probably what's going to happen. You did get a tweet, though, I saw where somebody ran this, and I believe Charlotte got the third overall pick, and it had them taking Paolo Boncaro. That was awesome. So maybe this is maybe it can happen for you, too. I don't know how many times that person pressed the sim lottery. Are you ready? Are you at least it worked out? Are you ready? I don't know if I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, let's do it. Do it. Beep, boop, 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 beep. <gasps> oh! <laughs> Number oh two. It actually happened. Number two, 25 days out from the NBA draft, and we have just sent the lottery in the Charlotte Hornets. 43 and 39 on the season wow. are, are your owners of the number two pick over the Orlando Magic, who won 22 games. The Lakers, or well, New Orleans owns the Lakers pick. They jumped to the four spots of both New Orleans and Charlotte, getting lucky. And I, they also own the 15th also, pick. Yeah. So let's. So the second and the 15th overall selection, that is what this sim lottery gave us. I don't know how to feel. Did you just get rid of that? Like, or did did it not give the Charlotte Hornets who they were going to take at second? What well, it doesn't. There? It doesn't. It just okay. shows the mock draft as it would gotcha. occur if nothing weird happened. Um, so I'm just going to the mock draft here to see. Yeah, so Jabari Smith, the 6'10", power forward, freshman out of Auburn, length for days, 21 points per game, 9.3 rebounds, 2.5 assists, a block and a steal machine. What do you think? Jabari Smith, 
on the Charlotte Hornets. How excited would you be about I, that? I, I would be excited about Jabari Smith with all of the potential that comes with him. Paolo Boncaro, <clears throat> at least right now, before diving into a ton of film, I think Paolo would still be my guy at two. But you know what this really does, Doug? It's the fact that it puts you into Chet Holmgren territory because Ooh. he is not the 100% bona fide number one overall pick. Okay. Maybe you could see a Paolo or a Jabari going number one, and then Chet could fall to that number two spot where Charlotte, you'd have to imagine, would take the guy that ha- averages five blocks a game. I mean, it's exactly what you would well, want. And this is what's and so he's a versatile defender. Yeah, absolutely. And this is what's so interesting, right? Because if they jump even to the four slot or the three slot, they have that 15th pick. And so I think yeah. there will be some flexibility for Charlotte if there's a team in that lottery, you know, one, two, three, four, that isn't totally sure about who they want. Maybe, maybe Orlando's not high on Chet and they want to look at, because I mean, they've got Mo Bamba, they've got some options there. Maybe they want to look at a guy like Jabari or Ben Caro or Ivy. And so you could say, Hey, we got this 15th pick. You want that? Just let us come up to your spot, grab Chet Holmgren and we're getting out of here. I love that idea. Well, it's why I think there's a shot that he, I think if Orlando has it, they, they wouldn't be affected by their roster. Maybe (laughs) Houston would be. I'm dreaming. Let me dream. No, I know. No, no, you're, but I'm trying to enhance that dream now with Houston, because if the Houston Rockets had the number one overall pick, as it would suggest here with the SIM, they just drafted Alperen Shengun. They mm-hmm. also drafted Usman Garuba, who is also kind of that 5-4 hybrid really yeah, good Christian defender. Wood. They, also, they still have Christian Wood. So if you have Christian Wood, who's a good player in the league, if you have Shengun, who has done enough for you to try to buy into, maybe enough for you to shy away and then go with a Paolo Boncaro, in this alternate universe where the Hornets have the second overall pick, mm-hmm. then you could stay home, and I think you could get Chet Holmgren. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think the Houston Rockets would take him. You know, they're, they're, it's not it's not like Evan Mobley last year, right? If, you know, Cade Cunningham was going first because you had a couple of unbelievable prospects up towards the top of the draft. It was really, if you want to call it top heavy, that's fine. But those top five, those top three, those were awesome dudes. Chet Holmgren might fall. And so that's that would be fun. Here we are getting excited about something that probably won't happen. But at the same time, this is how the alternate universe played out. And we're going to talk about it as if it could happen. Although I feel weird, like, does the fact that it happened here, does that make it a lot less likely that it will take place in real life? Uh, you know, I want to, be- I, I tend to believe that, but at the same time, I didn't okay. think the Hornets could ever be lucky again. So, I mean, LaMelo ball has restored so much of my hope in, in what this franchise could achieve. So I'm ready to believe again. I'm ready to believe that the Hornets okay. could get lucky again and possibly be in contention for a Chet Holmgren. Now, here's another scenario that could play out. Let's say you get the second overall pick. You also have the 15th selection. That gets you in play with a lot of other established young centers in the league or just centers that you want to go after. Yeah. You know, so the DeAndre, the DeAndre Ayton conversation is what makes this a little more okay, interesting. Because finally, finally we get here. Yeah. If Phoenix doesn't want to pay him a ton, because they've got money locked up with other players or whatever. And they're cheap. And and they're cheap, you know, notoriously cheap. If the Charlotte Hornets wanted to package the second and the 15th overall pick along with other mm-hmm. stuff, 
instead of the 13th and the 15th, that's significant. I'm in. The, the only the only point you have now is if Phoenix is in love with the two guys Charlotte could potentially take at 13 and 15. And, and those players might not even exist. It, that That's the only shot that you have to get in those convos. And I'm not even saying that exists. But with the second overall pick, that convo exists. You know, that that's the thing that would be interesting. And then you could go get your DeAndre Ayton, and you would have to trade miles probably, you know, so like, so you know, match, right. So miles bridges, mm-hmm. second, 15, whatever, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. Well, not, what else and, you'd and, get, you know, but people, that would get you your center. Well, that's the thing. People aren't in love with that idea, but I think we still have to keep that possibility in our heads that, you know, the miles bridges extension could come in the form of a trade. I think they have to keep all options open besides LaMelo ball, obviously all options open, uh, to, you know, construct a roster that is actually serious about making the playoffs. And I don't think my miles bridges can be a big part of that for the Charlotte Hornets. And it would not, it'd be nice to see them keep as much of the core together as possible. If they're really, if they're really sure that that core can develop on the defensive end, but if they're not sure, then I think all options have to be on the table. And that includes, you know, a sign and trade type of thing with Miles Bridges. Yeah. I mean, you, and with the money with Phoenix, you know, De- Devin Booker is making 33 and 35 uh, for them next, the next not two my money. seasons. Yeah. I know it's not your money. I know you do. <laughs> and, and that's certainly one you wouldn't, pin a, you wouldn't spend a penny on Devin Booker, Devin Snookers, you might call. Um, <laughs> They'd have to pay. You me. also have, they would have, right. no, they'd listen, the organization <laughs> would literally have to cut me a check. Uh, if uh, you know, if I were going to, going to be happy about that move, um, Mikhail Bridges. Remember, he just agreed to that big contract. So Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Mikhail Bridges, all making some pretty serious money. At hey, the end player, of the day, player, Schadenfreude. We didn't really talk about it, but Donovan Mitchell sort of drowning out there on defense, struggling to get that team mm-hmm. to the next level. Does that does that make you feel any better about Donovan Mitchell not becoming a Charlotte Hornet? He was so close. Yeah. I thought, or I thought you were going to ask me, is there any way that Charlotte can make amends for their draft day mistake and go get Donovan Mitchell in a potential trade instead of Rudy Gobert being that? I guy? think that's that, where I, I thought you were going. No, no I, think, I think, listen, I, well, I'll tell you, and there's an alternate reality where the Hornets did select uh, Donovan Mitchell. They were a perennial playoff team. Steve Clifford's still the coach because I don't think Clifford would have allowed Donovan Mitchell to, uh, you know, he Clifford was great at explaining to players. Hey, here's the thing that you need to do to take your game to the next level, to make you better, and also to make the team better. He did that with Kimba. He convinced Kimba to completely remake, you know, his game that had gotten him a an NCAA championship and and a, a high draft pick. So I think he would have kept Donovan on track. They would have worked well together on the defensive end. And because uh, look, Mitchell's got all the tools. It's just there's a there's a commitment issue on the defensive end that is really hurting that Utah Jazz team. So it doesn't all that to say it doesn't make me feel any better because I think it would have been completely different on the Charlotte Hornets. Well, I mean, and and Steve Clifford never wanted Malik Monk. And that's, you know, Malik was clearly not wanted by the head coach. Steve Clifford wanted Donovan Mitchell. And if Donovan Mitchell is here, he's getting a lot of run because it, it was Clifford's guy. Like that's established. That's just, that's just true. Right. It's not rumored. Donovan Mitchell was the guy wanted by Steve Clifford and he would have been running immediately and he would have played well. I imagine like, I don't think it's one of those, well, just because he was the jazz, that's the only reason he was good. 
you would have been good here in Charlotte, you know? So yeah. that would have been interesting. Sorry, sorry to sidetrack us, but I'm going to sidetrack us again because we're talking so much about all of these offseason decisions that the Hornets have to make. And I've said this is the most important offseason, I think, in Charlotte Hornets history. I think maybe arguably you would you would look back at some of those early years when they had to figure out what to do with Larry Johnson and Alonzo Mourning and say that those were some of the more important offseasons in the franchise history. But I think that this one, when we look back on it, if LaMelo has any kind of playoff slash Eastern Conference final slash NBA championship success with the Charlotte Hornets, it's going to be because of this offseason and the decisions that they have to make. The stakes couldn't be any higher. And we still don't really know who the general manager is going to be. And we haven't heard from Mitch Kupchak Walker. And mm-hmm. and I'm starting to wonder, you know, are they are we waiting at this point to see how that contract's going to to be resolved if if Mitch gets a contract if they decide to go in another direction if Mitch gets a sort of honorary title with the organization or another role right. with the organization is that is that the feeling that you get is that why we're waiting to hear from him at this point this it's what my guess would be you know Mitch Kupchak he he speaks to the media you know at trade deadline it's not like he it's not like he shies away it's not like the I would say he's been more moment. available than Cho yeah I think he he likes to I don't know if he likes it but he certainly is getting out there more than Cho in his tenure yeah yeah I think Mitch Kupchak and that's the thing we've talked about neither one of us think Mitch Kupchak hides things by any stretch I mean we we think sometimes he he's a little too open. in fact sometimes he's a little too yeah, honest that's, that's been the criticism <laughs> no but in his introductory press conference when he admitted he didn't know the payroll in full it's like dude you can't say that <laughs> He was the only guy that failed the introductory press conference. He and Adam Gase, that is your two. And it's not, everybody usually is throwing a honeymoon for the the newly acquired But it was, of course, the difference is that Gase, you know, there's coverage of the Jets. There there isn't that national coverage of the Hornets. So we get to laugh at it, but no one really put a microscope to that. Right. Going back to your point, though, like, yeah. There, there is in that conversation with Jake Fisher in that article with Jake Fisher, like we know that there is, at least it's reported that there is no longer a a contract for Mitch Kupchak in place. It was an original four-year deal that he agreed to the same as Borrego. Borrego got a two-year extension and Mitch Kupchak did not. What Jake Fisher alluded to was that there is this contract. I don't know about dispute, but there are negotiations going on because there might be mutual interest from both the Charlotte Hornets and Michael Jordan and Mitch Kupchak. Mm -hmm. But also, as we talked about, Kupchak is 67 years old. If he's going to be doing the grind that a GM is supposed to do, then he wants to get paid maybe even more so for it. Or if not fine, he'll go to this advisory role and then they'll have to look for a general manager. But yeah, I would say like I expected to hear from Mitch Kupchak this week. We didn't. It would make total sense that the Charlotte Hornets need to figure out if Mitch Kupchak is going to be in place and if not who that next general manager is, and we could be getting another introductory general manager type of press conference at some point this off season. And and they've got to figure that out before we move on. Like Gordon Hayward looking for a trade, huge matching a miles bridges offer sheet, huge. All of these are huge moves that can only happen once the Hornets really go after GM. And we haven't figured that out hundred percent yet. Okay, um, before we go, lightning round on the comments. Are you ready? I'm just going to toss these out. I'm ready, and I'll I'll give you rapid analysis as well. Good, here we go. Call Me Fehu says, book going to surprise a lot of people next year. Also, with Melo believing in him too, it's going to be fun times next season. I could see it. Uh, Perry says, I'm feeling lucky. (laughs) 
I'm I, whatever you're whatever you're feeling lucky on. Pass those feelings to me, Perry. Uh, Perry also says I definitely trade Gordon for Turner. Yep, same. Uh, Mister What a Day says our defense would make Gobert earn every red cent. It's true. <laughs> he would he would he would have to cover a lot of defenses. Everett Handy says Christian Wood. Just just that that's it. That's it. Christian like, Wood. No question mark. Christian Wood. <laughs> just period. Just make a comment. Okay. You're just wasting time. Make yeah, a comment. This is my comment. Yeah, that's All right. It, Tom right D there. says Mo Mamba. Like I don't even deer. know what that means. This is Mo, not Mo Bamba. Mo Mamba. <laughs> Mambo number five. That's what he wanted to say. Uh, Liam O'Brien says in the playoffs against the top teams, they would just target Terry on offense. His defense is poor. True. Blake, you got to say something else than true. You keep saying true. Blake, Blake. You wanted rap. You wanted rapid analysis. Blake, Blake says, can't forget that. about the 15% trade kicker on Gordon, though. That's true. We'll see how that all plays out. This has just turned into a true or false game. Perry, we have to take some risks. <laughs> yeah, I think Miles Turner is the risk that I would take. Justin Boyce says, tell them, Doug. I don't even know. What What do you think that comment was for? Do you even know what he was telling no idea. you You're to wasting say? time. No. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Perry, Perry also more? says, I'm not willing to give all that up for Gobert, to be honest. Yeah. Kind of same. I I get it. I, I get the the entice, enticing thing to do there would be to go for Rudy Gobert, but I'm with you. I'd be hesitant. Uh, means, yeah. So Boyson says, Gobert trade means miles in the trade. Does a Gobert trade have to include Miles Bridges? I don't think so. I maybe it it all depends on if they want to like are they just going to blow this up or I, I would imagine they try to keep Donovan Mitchell like you you don't you don't just blow it up and trade Donovan when you still have a second window that could come about I think this iteration of the Jazz isn't working out they tried to fix it with Mike Conley they haven't been able to get over the hump there is clearly a disconnect between Rudy Gobert and Donovan they're going to pick one the right one and the one they're going to ultimately go with is Donovan. And so that's why I don't think there's one mind what happened. There's one. No, no. There's just one thing that has become clear to me. There are so many options for what the Hornets need that if they don't come out of this off season with something, then I don't, I I would go crazy. Like I would literally go insane because there are so many options between the draft, between free agency, between trade options for teams that obviously need to retool the Hornets have to take the Hornets. Honestly, they're going to be a bit of a victim of too many options. We all we all scroll through Netflix every once in a while, and we look at the clock and go, "Oops, I've been scrolling for twenty minutes. I could have watched an entire episode of television, but I've just been watching me scroll through Netflix." The Hornets are going to be a victim of having too many options, and it's going to be exciting as heck to see what they end up deciding on. All right, thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day have a great weekend we will be back with you on monday but first make your second listen locked on nba locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the nba every monday through friday in less than 30 minutes it's free and it's available wherever you get your podcast thanks again for joining us have a great weekend 